0: Hello and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Derek Strauss with Gavroche, and we're partnering with the CDO Magazine and CDO IQ and the International Society of Chief Data Officers in a series of interviews uh, with uh, data and analytics leaders across the globe. And today we have the great pleasure of talking with Mahmoud Yassin. Mahmoud is based in uh, the Netherlands, and he is currently the senior data manager at Booking.com. Uh, welcome Mahmoud.
1: Thank you, welcome. Happy to be here.
0: Yes, uh, it was so, so Mahmood has, although he's only been at uh, Booking.com for a one and a half years, he brings prior experience uh, in the banking and finance industry where he's, he's had a lot of great experience in the data management side. And so the topic that we're going to be exploring together, and it's going to be spread across three different segments. So you know, if you're just seeing this now, certainly stay with us for the first segment, but be on the watch for the next two segments that will be coming up in due course. Um, so across these three segments, we'll be diving into a whole bunch of really critical topics around data management. You know, we'll be looking at things like data governance, data quality, the the platforms for data, and and also strategy and roadmaps—all absolutely critical components of doing data management, you know, at an enterprise level uh, and and making real changes in organizations. So. Uh, it's an exciting topic uh, and one that certainly our, our audience is going to be uh, very interested in, in hearing more from from you, Mahmoud. Uh, so, so again, welcome. And uh, let's just jump straight into it. And, and I want to just re-emphasize the point uh, to our listeners that you know, this is going to be, Mahmoud's comments are going to be really from, drawing from all of his previous experience. It's not going to be specific booking.com related stuff. It's going to be generically across all the experience that he's had um, that we're going to you know, have our discussion. So, so the first question uh, that I'd like to jump into is, Data governance, you know, data governance, if you ask, you know, uh, 20 people in uh, in data management, what did you do for data governance? And, and, uh, you know, were you successful, you're going to get so many different stories um, from people as to, you know, even what data governance is, and the scope of it, and uh, how you implement it, etc, etc. So let's, let's kind of set the scene based on on your experiences in the past, how have you gone about, what's the most successful way, uh, you know, about implementing data governance?
1: Yeah, I think it's a a really great question. And uh, first of all, I'm really honored to be with you and also um, doing the the podcast. Um, Yeah, data governance. I think it's it's logical, right? That um, the answer that you will get from 20 people is different because actually this topic is still under development. It's not like uh, a topic that has been done for you know 20 or 30 years. So I think that's natural and that's normal. And um, so, yeah, about the question itself. So how would you go about implementing data governance? I think it's really important to realize that uh, data governance is an important pillar of an ecosystem around data management in general how to manage data, which is the most important asset in in any organization. And um, so it's really core that we realize the capabilities that we're trying to solve in the ecosystem of data management. And of course, data governance is a key capability, uh, one of many other capabilities that's important here. Um, To jump directly into, let's say, some of the tips, I would say, because this is bringing a change to our organization, you want to govern your data, you want to make it more secure, uh, you want to assign people, and so on, then I usually use a framework, which is the PPTD framework. So people, process, technology, and data. I really love to use that framework while bringing any change. So for example, from a people side, okay, let's talk about people side in the context of data governance. You need to have an accountability on your data right there's no doubt about it because without accountability then things will be loose and no one can be uh, you know um, responsible of anything so how would you go with your let's say the people side of the of the governance assigning first of all agreeing on your data roles that you need to find there's a lot of jargons can be data steward can be data custodian can be a data owner can be data provider there's no generic thing here But definitely, you need to define the rules for data that supports your organization. If we jump into the process, so even if you assign the people, but there's no process to guard, let's say, the the data governance, then it will be a challenge. So, uh, for example, what happens if an element gets added to your data? So what is the process? Can you define a process that safeguards the governance while still empowering the people side to do their stuff so that kind of balance is required and um if i jump into a third pillar of the technology what are the supported technologies that you want to have in your organization to really have a seamless way of doing data uh, governance because you know data governance is boring right i always say like okay it's like brushing your teeth who loves brushing it? no one right <laughs> but we do it because we know that at the end is going to give us something back so it is this you know tedious daily you know routine that you need to do and there are certain technologies emerging technologies now that embeds that in its own design so let's say governance by design those are really interesting to follow up and of course the last pillar of my framework is the data so what is the strategy of your data and i think that we will park for the next segment, but it is really critical as well to the complete, let's say, the governance initiative that you have in your organization.
0: Mm. No, I, I like it. And actually, I, I love, I, this the first time I've heard someone use that <laughs> that analogy between brushing your teeth and, you know, on, on a daily basis, because it, it really is, you know, governance is something that you've got to have constant attention to. And and in it, it just the same way as when you're brushing your teeth, you're, you're really doing something for the future, you know, yeah. of your well-being. Same story with the, with data governance because so, also
1: be avoiding costs, right? As well, like,
0: absolutely, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> which is natural,
1: right? Yeah. No one wants cost. to pay like I, a few hundred uh, thousand euros for a dentist as well. That's right.
0: <laughs> but I love it. All right, so so um, yeah. You know, one of the things that you touched on is, you know, the people side in terms of the roles and the responsibilities um, and that, you know, you've got owners and you've got, you know, your stewards and custodians, et cetera. The, the, the thing that I've always found interesting about, you know, figuring out what those roles are and then assigning them in an organization is... To what what heights in the organization do you assign those? You know, so I've seen a lot of organizations that just kind of concentrate on the middle management level, you know, just getting people there to, to be responsible and accountable for stuff. But then I've also seen a lot of organizations where they go right up to the top of the organization and they say, Mr. CEO, you know, you are responsible for. The the quality of your corporate data resource, your enterprise data resource, and you'd better be, you know, actively involved in the the whole governance thing. And then, of course, there's many, uh, you know, shades of, um, you know, uh, allocation, you know, in between that as well. Some, some organizations focus just on the technology group, and you know they're going to do all the, the governance. Others focus heavily on the business side, and others get a, a balance between the two. So just wanted to, to get your perspective in terms of you know again your, your previous experience. What, is, what has worked the best in, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I think it's also a great question and especially that data quality is one of the key important capabilities in in a company so I like let's say uh, the third option that you gave so that you know balance between what to give to business because also we have to be mindful in what we throw to business nowadays about You know, for example, if you go to fully denormalization of your data strategy, then that's also an overkill for the product teams and the business teams to handle everything. Yeah. And so I prefer, let's say, certain aspects definitely need to be pushed towards, let's say, the producers of the data, usually the product teams, and IT is in that case can play also a major role as an enabler for them. So for me, out of many years of experience. How easy and robust and self service IT can make it to the business is how business is going to adapt it. If you overwhelm them with form sheets, you know, procedures, blah, blah, blah they have also other priorities and they need to keep the business running, et cetera. So that mm-hmm. tight balance, if you manage to have it, that would be a different story, like how to gamify it, how to make the self-service. Uh, you see nowadays rises of the data marketplace initiatives, like a very simple UI that hides the complexity of doing data governance, but then in an easy way, those kind of things are key here. And yeah. um, also one uh, thing to add here is always, I always found that shift left is a great initiative and shift left means like you push, let's say the governance aspect as much as you can at the early stage of the data creation, meaning like, let say, if we're talking about data, let's say masking or encryption, or let's say data quality, let's focus on data quality. If you do data quality at the early stage of your product while doing product development, that's going to avoid us of, you know, doing another check on the analytical stages and all the steps in between, all the way till the business intelligence dashboard that the CEO uses. So it's always better if you shift left, let's say the responsibilities and the practices and the guiding principles and so on, towards as er- or let's say as early as the data gets generated that's going to save you tons at the end so if you manage to create that culture and also with supporting you know materials document etc it's a different realm that you're going to operate with because you will more avoid rather than you know make thing happen and then react on it so.
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's a, that's a great uh that's a great observation the earlier you, you get involved with those types of things in the in the kind of life cycle, yeah you know, the, the the better because um, and, and then and that way also it's not it's not a surprise. you know so many as I'm sure you've seen so many so many initiatives, you know they they get off to a great start and because they don't do the the due diligence on the data quality, for example, early in the life cycle, um they suddenly kind of run into almost like swamplands, you know where they get yeah. stuck in the mud and it's like oh man it's like a million <laughs> times worse than we ever thought it was going to be and and then you know people kind of throw up their their hands in horror it's going to cost more it's going to take longer exactly
1: because data also cascades right so it's not like a, like a normal effect so when you do think if a calculation or a number has gone wrong from the beginning then an analysis depending on an equation to multiply it with a factor in order to, you know, uh, for example, get a KPI done, uh, you know, cross revenue, or something like that. Then, if it is really low quality from the beginning, then you are risking you are jeopardizing your reporting accuracy and introduce way more risks than it should be. So, as much as you can do it in the early stages, that's going to save you tons in the future. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great points great points you know the, the other thing um, that uh, is always interesting to me is um, organizations that say okay we're gonna have this big kind of focus on governance and quality um, and they go in trying to kind of boil the ocean that they, they, they they're looking at all sorts of things and it's, it ends up being really ambitious um, I love the notion of critical data elements and kind of boiling things down to some specific things that we're trying to go after and fix. Um, What's been your experience with critical data elements and and do you have any kind of examples that you could share with us?
1: I totally support you in that kind of classification of uh, data because if you start, uh, you know, Trying to solve everything at once, it was going to be uh, a nightmare, and also you're going to be frustrated, and that's something that uh, you know can make negative energy uh, to your team or your organization. So, I I also support that that you classify your data into maybe critical data elements and non-critical. And in the bucket of critical, you can put your top priority uh, data sources, stuff that's needed for, if you're talking about a bank, there are certain regulations that you cannot just uh, maneuver around. So you need to supply certain reports. These are critical data elements. Um, I'm sure in any other industry, there are certain aspects. So start with these because these have their most significant value as well. And to give you an example, uh, at the, one of my previous uh, companies, mainly a bank, I used to work in the detecting financial crime units. So uh, the units that's busy with, um, you know, monitoring the transactions, flagging the bad the transactions that come from potential terrorism or human trafficking, etc. And um, I started with uh, a very critical report that's being used on a daily basis by the inspectors uh, to see who did wrong or potential cases and so on. So it's really critical, the data is in there. And then through data management capability called data lineage, uh, wasn't easy, but let's say uh, you track and trace the origin of the data that produces this report, and then uh, reaching to the team that is at least on paper is supposed to own that data. And hey team um do you know are you aware that this data is being used this way and the team answer was like no we're not aware and this is something that we never no, no one asked us before and then they were like surprised so bringing these two producer and consumer together they realized that oh yeah okay uh, we we didn't know because we found the data on the analytics platform so we used it that's the justification from the consumer side. And the producer side said, I didn't give my consent or anything because the data is getting uh, pushed on daily basis to the analytical platform. So it's like a flea market. That's mm-hmm. stuff that, that's really critical and introduces business risk, introduces you know, reputational risk, introduces operational risk, all kinds of risk. And that is something that we don't want to happen. So basically, yeah. by flagging a critical data elements and maybe emphasizing on them, analyzing them better, that can be a way to introduce different, uh, let's say, better governance in waves, right? There's no yeah. you know, uh, rush in that. Of course, you need to calculate the steps instead of just we're going to do data quality for the entire company that can, if a small company, maybe, but in a big one, it will be a nightmare. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a great example as well. So yeah, thanks for that, and, and I think uh, I think that sets us up nicely for the next couple of segments that we're going to dive into as well. You know, in terms of you know platforms, you know what kind of platforms support all the stuff that we've been talking about, and then uh, the third segment, you know, about the uh, the strategy that we're going to look at. Uh, you know, how do you how do you roadmap this whole story out, and uh, and so. Uh, to our listeners, uh, although this is the end of segment one, I want to make sure that you uh, uh, keep your radar open and looking for the next couple of segments, because then you'll get the full the full story. So, um, Mahmoud, thanks for uh, setting us up nicely here for segment one. And uh, we'll see you shortly as we get into the next two uh, segments. Thank you.